Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Jokic going to back down Jones Jr. They come on the double. Wide open is Murray. And he lets it fly. Luca got zero help last night on Denver Radio as the champs put away the Mavericks 130 to 104. No one else in the starting lineup scored more than 11 points. Grant Williams was seven. Derrick Jones Jr. was six. Derrick Lively was out. Exum was the only other one in double figures as the Mavs barely get over 100. Joker's line for the night, very Josh Allen-esque. You still lose when the other team's superstar has eight. Nine and seven. Jamal Murray had 22. And Aaron Gordon, who's been a phenomenal pickup for them, had 21. The bench went off. They had four guys in double figures, while the Dallas Mavericks had two for the night. Four bench guys in double figures. The Mavericks starters had two for the evening. Yeah, that was a a brutal performance. It can't just be the Luke and everybody show, but it's going to be the Luke and everybody show whenever you've got Derek Lively out and Kyrie Irving out and you're facing those sort of things. I, I will say that, you know, it's you don't know what you got until it's gone type of point. It's it's a great reminder of how thankful we should be for Derek Lively having to watch Dwight Powell play 23 minutes again. I do want to I do want to throw out a positive because I'm always searching for superlatives and compliments and praise to throw on Luca, and we're running out of it at this point because he's so freaking good this young. I think Markeith Morris the other day, man, he did a beautiful job of giving us something new. I played with some great players, but when I tell you um, the game is just so easy to him. Like, I've never seen nobody, like, damn near walk through the game. Um, he plays the same way in practice. It's, it's a skill. Yeah, man, he's... I don't see why he's not in the number one in the running for MVP. I just don't. I don't get it because he's he's doing it. He's carrying our team. You know, scoring, rebounding, assists on, on a nightly basis. And last night, one of their bench players, I think it was Zeke, actually, he had a putback dunk, and he like looked at Luca, like I thought he stared him down a little bit. Luca came back down. Was like, okay, bam, bomb away from three, bam. I'm going to shimmy shake you, go into the lane. Luca ended up giving him like a high five, but I was like, you just got him going. And then he came back down and bam, again from deep. Luca hit six threes, but uh, in scoring 38 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, but obviously it was not enough, but it is. It's too easy. It's so easy for him, but the Mavs lose. They'll get the Clippers tomorrow night. At least you got more good news besides Philly losing from your hockey team. Duchesne in tight, stick handles. They score on the back door, Thomas Harley. The Kraken score 
with just 22 seconds left, hit the post in overtime before Thomas Harley, and you heard it right there on Kraken TV. Thomas Harley wins it for the Stars on a tap-in pass for Matt Duchesne. Duchesne's playing lights out. Gavin Spittle has been telling us about this. Seven points in the last four games. Stars are back at it on Thursday against a very good Vancouver team at the Double AC. And by the way, post game spits and suds is spits and suds up on Odyssey or wherever your podcasts are found. Stars win four three in OT. It's nice to see the uh, the doucher coming up big, Matt Duchesne, with his two goals and his one assist. I love that nickname that Mike Bassick bestowed upon him. It, it's one of my favorites. The doucher, yeah, the doucher. It's just like calling anybody else, like you know, uh, whatever it'll be. Kinsler was Kins. You know, we called Michael Young MY, whatever else. Wow, really original. Matt Duchesne is the doucher. Uh, Stephen Jones yesterday was on the KMC Masterpiece, and he was asked, do you think that the Cowboys can actually beat an elite team on the road? Absolutely. No question. I mean, we got the right guys. We got the right players. We got the right coaching staff. I just think it's one of those things. You, you look at each game. Obviously, the San Francisco game and this game last night were tough ones. For us, but uh, you know, I thought we played really good football against the Eagles, and uh, had not gave us ever opportunity to win it against a really good football team. And you know, we we didn't make the plays at the end of the game, but we certainly had a chance to to win the game, and we didn't do it. And uh, I just think this team is a like I said, it's real easy to pile on, and I totally understand it. I know our fans are disappointed, and I certainly understand the criticism, but uh, we just have to go to work. Oh God. I, what one time, I, I get the psychological public play. I know the tweets are going to come in. What do you want him to say? What do you want to say? I wish one time they could answer back and be like, I, "It's a fair question." Like I don't know. Like our guys have to go out and prove it. I think sometimes fans think that the Joneses give the locker room a false sense of bravado because there's never like a call out. The only call-out of the year that ever takes place is Jerry at the end of the season with KMC. This is unacceptable. The heads are going to roll. We're going to assess how many people we have on this staff around here. People better get on the same page. That's the only time. And you don't have to do that in this interview. But, dude, the Eagles just showed last night they're not elite. Well, we've known that they weren't elite for a couple of weeks and Jerry will do probably do the same thing at eight thirty this morning. Yeah, I mean they, they will totally dismiss the toughness slash soft questions. They they don't they don't owe us anything in a sense of like giving us that side of them. But man, just for once, I do wish, like you say, that they would give us the the authentic look at what they were saying in those Monday meetings. Because I, I promise they were not sitting down in those Monday morning meetings with the coaching staff and saying like. Well, look, we played Philly tough. I mean, I know San Francisco was a difficult game, but right. we can absolutely beat some of these good teams on there. That's not how they're talking on those means. And again, I understand they don't owe us that. I would just, it'd be nice to see some of that. But coaches have done that to their teams through the press before. Push the psychological buttons. Phil Jackson was obviously famous for it. You know, people get messages across through the press a lot of times. A lot of times it's, it's, it's bad. It's a negative one. That they're trying to work psychologically, but it it doesn't happen. Yeah, it I does mean, not happen with this team. Yeah, and, and not it may this. not be a bad thing. I just I wish it would be a little more real, real. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Dak will occasionally do it. He'll he'll occasionally push the that button. Mike McCarthy has not been one to to do that 
throughout his coaching history generally is that he is a player's coach and yeah. he's more the I'm here to take all that. Whatever blame there needs to be in the public, I'll take it, which is a, a good philosophy to have. There are a lot of players who appreciate that. A coach who stands up there and says, whatever it is, it's on me. I will take the blame. I'll shield you from it. That's on me. Um, but I would like to hear just a little bit of the the direct, you know, honesty about how they feel about their toughness or how they played because it's not as as the public line says it is. Former Cowboys safety DeMonte KZ suspended the rest of the season for the Colts Steelers hit on Michael Pittman. The one where Pittman was like laying out, he was parallel to the ground and KZ comes up and I'll leave the floor open to you all. Because Tom Brady, Tom, 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 is, Tom is going on this. He, he's he's taking up this cause of insulting all the offensive players in the NFL. He's like, no, quarterbacks, you need to be better. These defensive players get screwed. When Tom was like regarded and pointed at as one of the biggest crybabies, there's a Tom Brady rule in place for the low hit on the quarterback. But Brady was taken up for KZ. What did y'all think about the hit? what he could have done, whether this is fair. Now, why is he being thrown out for the rest of the season? Because DeMonte has five other incidents on his resume. He's previously been fined five times for various unnecessary roughness violations for a total of 60K. Yeah, I mean, it's a very dangerous hit. Um, and, and especially with him laying out, he lowers the shoulder. It's it's not a a hit like there's no justification for it like you know sometimes you see these hits to the head or whatever else and it's like well what do you want him to do he can't pull up he can do like he lowered and hit a guy who was diving it was a completely dangerous hit so i understand but did he hit him square on the head uh yeah i mean if you like watch him like like, you can see here he leads with the shoulder and the guy's diving like i mean he could have broken a neck like doing yeah that's that you can't do it and so I will say this, though. But what I was trying to say is, like, he hit him with his shoulder pad. He did, but he... He wasn't helmet to helmet. Yeah, the the problem is that he he lunged. He dove. It was the leaving the feet that he had done. Um, I, I'll say this. DeMonte KZ, having been here in the locker room, and I know that he's developed a certain reputation with some folks because of the way that he plays. He had a DUI, whatever else. I will say that there's a lot of people who will go to bat for DeMonte KZ in terms of the person that he is and and the type of leader that he is and... I the the guy that was in that Cowboys locker room that that we got to know was not a player that I I would th- like I wouldn't think of him as a bad person. So I don't think this I think this is bad play. I think it's it's a little reckless. Yeah. I I don't think it's reflective of he's an awful per- I don't think he's Dylan Brooks or anything. What type of mission is Tom Brady on? What 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 is going on here? Preparing for his Fox commentary career. Yeah, is that still happening? I mean, I would assume so. But that's what it certainly feels like. It just feels like he's trying to get used to getting his quotes out. Tom said, no one likes seeing players get hurt, but hard hits happen. QB should not be throwing the ball in areas where they are exposing their own teammates to these types of hits. Coaches need to coach better. QBs need to read coverages and throw the ball to the right places. Defenders should aim for the right hitting areas. To put the blame on the defensive player all the time is just flat out wrong. Need better quarterback play. It's not okay, quarterbacks, to get your wide receivers hit because of your bad decisions. Whoa. So this is a ultimately flaming his side of the ball. All right, that's what it is. It's okay. I understand. I really understand it now. All right. This is just him trying to flex on how much better he is than every other quarterback. 
That's what that is. is uh, that he's just he's trying to be like he's trying to turn every single thing into. Ultimately, this comes down to poor quarterback play since <laughs> I left the league. Right. I was there. I would never have done this because I was an expert at the position. Martin Perez has left the Rangers. He's going on over Perez to Pittsburgh. To the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, uh, man, this is now Martin Perez, Will Smith, Austin Hedges, Chris Stratton, technically Max Scherzer that you've also lost uh, because of the injury. And what have you done? You've added a pitcher who will not be ready for the start of the season because of Tommy John. And you've added another one, a reliever, who is a 37-year-old Tommy John, John alum in Kirby Yates. So this has been a great offseason. Rangers lost another pitcher yesterday, too, and C.J. Nikowski. They lost that one. Uh, this has been a pretty brutal offseason so far for the Rangers. There's there's no sugarcoating it. This has just been generally a stream of negativity. That's right. C.J. Nikowski takes the analyst job with the Atlanta Braves. C.J. was living in Georgia anyway. Uh, I believe it was the only job that he would have left for. So now, how much more Mikey Bassick will we get in the Rangers TV booth? People are like, Jared Sandler, there to have a play-by-play guy in Raymond. So Jared's not going to take C.J.'s spot. Uh, so now we will see who they get to replace. Mikey B. in the analyst box more for Bally or whoever else. C.J. Nikowski is gone. <sighs> Yeah, Bally or, uh, I, I mean, Capital One Sports Network, whatever bank ends up owning them probably. So, uh, What did you think of CJ? How, how I, feel I, I loved CJ. I thought CJ was really good. I And this is not any sort of professional criticism, so don't mix this up. But the fact that he was set up to basically be gone 40 games a year or whatever it was, though, that I, I want a play-by-play team who's there the whole year. I don't want somebody missing a quarter of the season or whatever else it is. So uh, it's awesome that he's getting this opportunity. Happy for him. Going to miss him on on the call. But I do want somebody in there who I want the same booth in there generally 162 games a year. And, of course, we are your home of the Rangers in case you're new to the show and new to the station. Who's going to win the NFC East? What's wrong? Who's got the bigger problems? The Cowboys or Filthy? And is his boy Bill Belichick officially getting kicked out of Foxborough? One of my favorites, Brian Broaddus, best man, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi. Next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hurts drops back, has time, loads up, throws. A.J. Brown, the defense. It's intercepted! Does he keep his feet in? He does! Seahawks ball! The interception made by Love! This guy's going nuts for the Seahawks defense, making big plays. And the Metroplex gets to go to bed 
happy. Good morning, DFW, Sean and Bobby on the home of America's team as the Seahawks do us a favor last night, give the Eagles their third loss in a row, 2017 Seattle. And let's talk about it with one of my favorites. He's got the GM Shuffle podcast that I listen to every Tuesday and Thursday. He's got all the books out, football done right, host of the Lombardi line on VSIN. He is the three-time Super Bowl winner, Michael Lombardi on the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. What is wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, look, the Eagles have have been uh, have been flirting with this dangerous time. I think every game that you watch, when you win a game, you have to break the game down into three categories. You, you win the game because you dominated your opponent. Now, the scoreboard doesn't is is insignificant here, but dominating wins means you were always in control of the game, and the other team was never going to win. And then there's the second way of a game to evaluate a game. That's called a dictating win. That's when you're in control of the game. You've made some mistakes, but the other team really can't make plays when they need to make plays. And then the third kind of win is the dangerous win, where you have played poorly for most of the game and have been able to find a way to win in the last five or seven minutes, or the other team has just lost it. And the Eagles have been living on this on this dangerous win track. They have not had a dominating win since week three of the season when they played Tampa and Tampa. They've had a lot of these games have been right in between that dictating and dangerous level. Yeah. And eventually it catches up to you. They've scored 49 points in the last three weeks. Their offense isn't the same. They can't make explosive plays in their passing game. And I think oh, there's a combination of that. And then they don't play from in front any longer. Look, last year they scored 206 points in the second quarter alone. They got the lead. They had an average of a 10-point lead at halftime in every single game. Mm. This year they're playing from behind. So when you look at their team, there's been holes in their team since week four, really since the New England game. They just haven't been able to get it together. Now they win, and people say, well, they'll win the win. Well, if you really understand football, not all wins look the same. Is Jalen Hurts hurt, regressing, what are you seeing in his play as of late? He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in three weeks. Well, here's the reality, okay? I think Jalen Hurts is a great player. And what I think Philadelphia did is they took a kid in the second round who got benched because he didn't throw the ball effectively in Alabama. And what the Eagles have done with this kid who's got incredible character, he's got incredible work habits, is they decided to build an offense around him that suits his skill set, which is a play-action pass offense. And it's allowed him to cut the defense in half throw the ball down the field, and use his legs. I call it the six-back offense. And that had proven to be effective. Now, what's happened is they don't play from in front, and so you can't really use play action to really cause problems for people. And now you've got to be in a drop-back pass game, which is something that they're not very good at doing. And I don't say this in knocking hurts. This is just so many teams in the league. San Francisco, for example, Kyle Shanahan, as good as a coach as he is, if he's trailing by seven points going into the fourth quarter, he's 0-38 in that game. He's not won one of those games because his offense is all predicated on play-action pass, and he plays from in front. And so when it becomes a drop-back pass game for Kyle, that's not where he wants to live. That's not where his offense is most successful. But when he can dictate, when he can then dominate the game, 
with his run game and play action pass and gets the lead early, they're good. And I think that's where we're seeing Hertz have a problem because A, their line isn't playing as well as it did last year. They're not as good running the football as they did last year. They don't play from in front. And now they have to use more drop back passes. Look, they scored with four minutes to go in the third quarter to go up 17 to 10. They didn't score another point. They did the same thing against Dallas, only Dallas stubbed their toe in the red zone. They had a first and f- first and five at the six and couldn't get it in the end zone. I mean, that was a dangerous win for Philly, but it was a win, and I think you can't overlook those things. We're talking with Michael Lombardi, host of the GM Shuffle podcast. Michael, the, one of the big talking points here in Dallas this week is about this just puzzling disparity in terms of the way Dallas is playing at home versus on the road. Their point differential at home is plus 171. They're minus four on the road. And nobody on the team really seems to have any answers about it when when they ask. Have you ever seen a team that had this much trouble being as consistent as home as they are on the road? I think a lot of their problems is, you know, and I think this is why McCarthy was so upset with John Fossil. I mean, this whole team is very similar to what the Eagles did last year. They have to play from in front. And when they go on the road and they don't play from in front on the road, they don't win. I mean, they, you know, that's the key. They want to play from in front because as for all the conversation about their defense, right, their defense is helped by the fact that their defense, if you just break their team down in terms of how many plays they've played, right, how many plays do you play? Their defense has played 834 plays this year. Their offense has played 930. That's that's 96 more plays their offenses play. That's uh, an entire that's almost two games. Okay, what time of possession teaches us is one simple fact: the less defense you play, the better defense you play. Mm. That's really what it means. If you can get off the field and you only play 28 minutes of defense, you've got a really good chance. If you play 35 like they did the other night, they're not going to be as effective. So what happens is when you get behind in a game and you can't control the game because you can't stop the run game. Now, all of a sudden, you look like you can't win on the road. I think it's a little bit overblown. They could have easily won the Eagle game. They just don't, you know, Steele doesn't block Hassan Reddick over there on the right side. They give up that sack. It's brutal, right? So there's a lot of it. It's just not we can't play good on the road. Analyze why you lose. And I think ultimately when they don't play from in front, on the road particularly, it becomes a real issue for them. And it exposes their defense, and it makes their defense have to play more plays. And that's not what they want to do. You were uh, basically the only one uh, I played it here on the show because I was I was questioning them as well. But you were pointing out some of the cracks defensively a few weeks ago. What what did you see, and what can they possibly fix? Well, they, they're built. You know, look, everybody thinks the West Coast offense is about smash seven curl twenty bingo cross. The West Coast offense is a principle of we are going to throw the ball to get the lead and we're going to rush the passer in the second half to extend the lead. And so we don't want to really play toe-to-toe with you in the middle of the field. We've got to score, and we've got to, our offense has got to carry us. And there's all sorts of problems within the Dallas defense when you look at it in terms of can they stack up, can they play with physicality. If they're rushing the passer, great. That's they're good. Right. If they're going to drop that, you know, they're going to take chances. They're going to have a lot of blitz calls. They're going to be able to. But if they got to play it straight and Dan Quinn's play sheet is reduced, all of a sudden his inability to play against the run shows up. His inability to really get control of the game shows up. And so there lies the problem when they play against a really good offensive line that can block them. You know, 
they're able, they're not as dominant. Now, I thought they would play Buffalo a lot better. Now, I, I understand they had a bunch of guys that had the flu, and I get that, and that happens. You throw that game out the window because, you know, may, they did not play to the level that I've seen them play before. But they are a team that takes – whether they play battleship football on defense, which means they take chances, which means they go after it. And when you're playing from in front, that's great. When you're not, you, you fall short. Kansas City has been like this for a long time. This is the Steve Spagnola principle of defense. You know, we're going to take chances. We're going to make plays. We're going to create negative plays. But when, they, when their offense doesn't get the lead, all of a sudden their defense gets exposed. And I think that's what's been happening. Michael Lombardi, Boomer Jack's Bar and Grill, a hotline former NFL GM here on Sean and Bobby. So we have Jerry coming up in exactly an hour, and we're trying to figure out how to ask him whether it's fair to label this team as soft or not tough enough or not physical enough because it, it appears, Michael, like this this run defense is their ultimate kryptonite, and it's not going to get fixed when you face San Francisco, and now you got Miami and Detroit around the corner. Yeah, I, I don't think they're a soft team at all. I think Jacksonville's a soft team. I don't think this is a soft team at all. I think they have toughness. I think they have mental and physical toughness, Dallas. I just think, to me, they're a situational team. Mm. They need to play from in front. They need to play with the lead. They need to be able to extend the lead. They need to have those third-down conversions. They can't, they can't block, try to block the punt and give Buffalo the ball back. You know, everything's about that first quarter. Look. You know, great teams are always in a mad dash in the first quarter to get the lead. That's what great teams do, and that's why the Cowboys have been so fortunate this year. They've scored, you know, they've scored over 100 points in the first quarter. You know, they scored 153 in the second quarter. So they're able to get the lead. That, to me, is not soft. That's situational, and I think that's the answer. Now, look, they got to get better in the run game. I think they do miss the power back, right? We know that Pollard's not the same player he once was last year, whether it's the injury, whether it's being the lead bell cow. Yeah. You know, what, what everybody misses on Pollard is they're talking about the run, where Pollard really has been disappointing this year in terms of his production has been in the passing game. I mean, last year he averaged 9.5 yards a catch. This year he's down to 5.3. That, that's, that's a killer. When you have a back that averages over nine yards a catch, that's like utopia. But at 5.3, why are we throwing him the ball 51 times? I mean, what are we getting out of that? Or five, you know, we're not getting enough big plays. So that's really been the biggest concern. And I think that, that lends itself to not having that other guy to pre-pollard up. How did you just send out three tweets in the last minute while speaking with us? I think I have that thing called hyper ferry or whatever it is. <laughs> I put it in there. I, like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea how to work social media. I, I swear to God, I have no idea. I, I just have, you know, like I know that if I, like my daily coach stuff, I put that in there and it goes out and I don't have to think about it. Because basically my whole life is trying to not think. You know, that's what I try to do the whole time. Michael, I, you know, when you're talking here about it's so important for Dallas to get ahead, be out in front, play from in front. I, somebody was just asking us on our, our listener text line here, it, should it be a, a standard practice for the Cowboys then when they win the toss, especially on the road, they need to take the ball because McCarthy generally defers. Well, I think you have to defer because you want to win the middle eight, right? And, and I think if you can win the middle eight, you can get control. I mean, they could have got back in that game because they had the ball to start the third quarter and they could have made that 21 to 10 game. And, and they didn't. They, they, they just couldn't get their offense on track. And I've got to watch the tape today. I haven't seen study the tape to see really what McDermott was doing. I thought for sure that they would move the ball more effectively against them. I actually thought that they would block better. I think one of the other things that we haven't really hit on 
it, it's a concern is Dallas's offensive line on the road. I think, look, here's a theory that I've always had in league. Bad lines don't travel. Okay, and why is that? Well, the number one thing the offense has in their favor is the snap count. So if we all know it's on one and everybody and the defense doesn't know that, we get an advantage. But on the road, that advantage is gone because of the crowd noise, especially at a place like Buffalo. So their offensive line, I thought they played really good at home against Philly, but they didn't play very good against Philly in Philly. And they didn't play very good against the Buffalo team, which really is no excuse. So to me, if you're McCarthy, you know, that's got to be the mandate. We've got to get this line to play better on the road. You know, the offensive line's got to play at a higher level on the road, and we've got to figure out how we can make that happen. To me, Michael, this is just Godfather Part 2, uh, where you're going to go to Tampa, you'll win first round, and then you'll get waxed by San Francisco again. Ruin, ruin the ending of that for me. Tell me why if there's a San Fran rematch. We know they match up well and play, and play Philly well. Uh, why, why should we have any type of hope that that wouldn't be – a, a, a similar outcome this year? Well, I think you played them once, so you know the speed of their offense. One of the things I think that Philly had an advantage last year was you play Philly and you didn't realize how fast they were or how to handle their packages. And once you played them the second time, you got a better handle on it. You know, I think I, I've lost uh, I've lost two, really, I've lost two critical games in my life. We lost to Baltimore in a conference championship game and we couldn't, couldn't really recognize how fast Baltimore's defense was just on the tape. We mm. knew they were fast, right? Yeah. But you don't really feel it until you play them. And then we played Tampa in a playoff in the Super Bowl, and we really didn't feel the speed on the tape. There's throws we thought we could make, but the speed was better than we think. I think that goes to San Francisco. When you play them at least once, you get a better sense of it. So you're going to have to play a perfect game to beat them. You're going to have to control the ball for 35 minutes. You're going to have to make them play from behind. You're going to have to have the lead going in the fourth quarter. But look, one thing about the NFL, it's a single elimination tournament. It's not the NBA where you got to win four games. So a bad team, a team not as good can beat a team that's that, that's better, because just on that on that one given day, if you happen to control the game and play it the right way, you have a chance to win. Look, you're already giving them the fifth seed. I don't know if they'll be the fifth seed. I mean, look, they can beat Miami. They can beat Miami. I mean, I know Tyreek Hill comes back, but if they can pressure Tua and force it, the, the challenge is going to be can they can they function well against Vic Fangio's defense. They're going to have to block the front. Chubb's playing much better for them. Van Ginkle's a good player. Their two tackles are really good in Miami. They can put pressure on you. So this is going to be a challenge for them to play well on the road. But they can beat Miami. If they beat Miami, you know, then they've got Detroit. I mean, it's going to be hard. But, look, there's nothing says it's easy in life. I, I, I don't think being the fourth, fifth seed is the worst thing either. You get to play Tampa, and then life goes on from there. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM here on the home of the Cowboys. I'm going to lob up this softball to you now and ask how you think the Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy play caller transition has gone and turned out. Well, I mean, I predicted it, so I don't really, I don't want to pat myself on the back. (laughs) I got short arms. I mean, you know, like I I said to you this, I I tried to calm you guys down when you called me up when it happened. You guys were hysterical. I I thought I was going to have to call Dr. Melfi from Sopranos to comfort you guys. I mean, geez, everybody was in a panic. You know, oh my God, we lost Kellen Moore. Oh my God. Look, Kellen, and I don't mean to pick on Kellen Moore, but there's a difference between a game call, a, a, a game somebody who understands how to win the game and somebody who just calls plays. There's a complete difference. See, here's the reality of the National Football League, and I don't think people truly understand this, and we're getting into this season. There, there are people that are paid. There's only one person on the entire staff 
that's paid to win. That's the head coach. You can be Kellen Moore and gain all the yards. You can be Kellen Moore and get, and get first downs. You can be Kellen Moore and become a darling of the media because you gain yards and you score points. But if you don't win games, it doesn't bother you. You'll still get a head coaching interview. So it doesn't matter. You can be – it doesn't matter. Those jobs are predicated on performance, not on wins. And so when you have that situation, all of a sudden it translates into affecting the team's outcome. And I think that becomes very dangerous. I think when, when people act as independent contractors within the staff, it becomes very dangerous. John Fossil blitzing, you know, rushing the quarterback on the punt without having permission from McCarthy to do that. That's a dangerous thing. Mm. That's a dangerous thing because what you're not playing compliment. What it does is, I don't, and I don't think John Fossil meant it to be dangerous. It means you're just not playing complimentary football. And one of my criticisms of Kellen Moore has always been he knows nothing about how to play complimentary football. He just calls plays. That's why I nicknamed him Joystick because he's in his basement in Des Moines calling plays. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out. Uh, this may be more dangerous than asking Jerry if they're soft. I'm gonna throw out a theory that the Kellen Moore defenders and the Mike McCarthy haters have have put out there, and don't curse, please. The theory is McCarthy tried to go strictly West Coast early on, nothing downfield. The Cowboys, you know, the intended air yards and everything were short and not explosive. After they got their ass kicked by San Fran, McCarthy decided to go back to some of what they were doing. What do you say to that theory that Mike's initial changes early on weren't working, so he scrapped his new plan. I think it's very similar. That theory is similar to the Warren Commission. I think that, that kind of uh, is pretty much similar. You can manufacture any story you want, like that bullet that went right, went left, or went this way, went that way, turned around, you know, ended up on a stretcher. Oh, no, it didn't. I mean, you can do anything you want with it. I mean, seriously, you can manufacture any story. The United States government taught us that on November 22nd, 1963. They can do anything they want. They can make it happen, right? So why not? Why not make that story up? It's perfectly logical. I love I love listening to the analytical community break down schemes. I love that when they start talking about what an idiot coach Belichick is for what he's doing in a game. And they have no idea. They have no idea about coverages. Just let me be very clear of that. Everything's man or zone. Like they have no idea. So like, let them, let them have their moment and they want to justify Kellen Moore. That's fine. That's good. But that's, you know, that, that basically is volume nine of the commission. (laughs) Last one is Bill Belichick coaching another team next year. I think that's all up to Bob Robert Kraft. I mean, is there a better coach in the league than him? I mean, he's having a bad year. Uh, but if you watch their games, I mean, they're in games. Uh, you know, the Dallas game they weren't in. But, you know, last week against Kansas City, it's a 2017-27-17 game. Actually, it's a 17 17- Ten, it's a it's a it's a fourteen ten game and Zappy throws one of the worst interceptions you're going to see, which is along the lines they don't have a quarterback. The quarterback is a deodorant for everything that's wrong with your team. Like if you took Josh Allen off of Buffalo, right? You took him off and you put him on New England. What do you think that what would that look like? Yeah. Josh Allen makes everything go in Buffalo. Now he only threw for ninety yards last week, but Dan Quinn was sitting there worried about him in the run game. He was worried about him in the passing game. So this is a quarterback league. When you don't have them, it's hard to overcome. It's the same thing with Tomlin. People giving Tomlin crap yeah. about he's not a good like, – he don't have a quarterback. He's doing the best he can without it. It's a hard league. It's a hard league to win games. People think in the National Football League it's easy to win. 
I hear these people talk all the time, oh, it's easy to win. That's why Marty Schottenheimer's not in the Hall of Fame. He's got 200 wins, and everybody dismisses it as, oh, shit. Marty couldn't win a big game. Wait a minute, hold on. Marty's one of eight human beings that have 200 wins in the regular season. One of eight human beings out of 530, okay? And yet he's not able to get in the Hall of Fame? Come on. But as a GM, that was that was that was your specialty area. Is it fair to say that would you tell Bill maybe you shouldn't have the GM or personnel control? That was the biggest problem with the way this ended. In the next stop, well, I I, I think to me, look, tell me what you, what personnel guy you think's got enough guts to walk in the room and tell Bill what to do, <laughs> Jerry. Like, let me ask you that, okay? <laughs> let me ask you that. Like, you better know the game. You better understand players. You better understand plays. You better understand schemes. You better understand every aspect of the game. Now, he'll listen if you know that. If you understand that and you can have that conversation with him, you can. But most personnel guys I know, it's always, well, the, coach, the player needs more development. He just needs more development. That's all he needs. You know, that's just always the case. When in reality, it's way more than that. So, yeah, look, I think if you're good at your job, and Bill will, Bill will listen to you. Bill's one of the best listeners of all time. It's never about control for Bill. It's about the culture for Bill. And that's what it's really about. And he'll admit the mistakes he makes all the time. So, you know, whatever it is. But I think to me, if you're going to run the organization the right way, you're going to have to let him have the control over how the team is built. And team building is an art. We see that all over the league. The Atlanta Falcons keep getting A's in drafts because they keep drafting skill players. They can't win a game. Would Bill ever work with or for Jerry? I, I couldn't answer that. I'm sure they would get along. You know, I think one thing Bill knows is, is you know, like the rules of engagement. Once you know what the rules of engagement are in any organization, it's your job to figure out how to win. You know, it's like there's no utopia in the National Football League. That's long gone. The days of the owners buying the teams and then just not caring for five years is gone. You know, so every situation is unique. Every situation has its ups. Every situation has its downs. You just have to figure out what's the best one. I mean, look, when Andy Reid had the bad season in Philly, he won four games, he got fired, right? You know, he basically just said to anybody who wants to talk to me, I want complete control of the team. I'm going to hire a general manager. I'm going to let him run the personnel department, do all that. But I'm going to run the team, and I'm going to have the team work through me. And Clark Hunt was smart enough to do that and allow him to do it. I think there'll be another team that does the same thing for Belichick if Robert Kraft decides that's not the way to go. I love listening to you so much, man. Thank you for the time. We hope to do it again. Appreciate it, Mike. Anytime, guys. Anytime. Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager, VEASAN, uh, three Super Bowl rings, of course, the Raiders, the Niners, and the Patriots, and he's got the book, Football Done Right, here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill hotline, Choppy was, I know Choppy was listening at like 7 o'clock. I'm sure he turned it off when Lombardi came on. Yeah. And I'm curious to see where you fall on that. I love the guy. I love him. Love him so much. I I like Lombardi. I, I do. And I, I think that he's he's very smart. I, I think that 
oftentimes a lot of what he accuses people of of, of being too hard headed or, or not like like there is a little bit of oh he's an old school curmudgeon. Th- there is complete certainty in everything that he says, which he then turns around and criticizes other people for, and it's like there there's no there there's no room for error. Did did you have a big takeaway out of any of that? Whether the way the Cowboys play um, defensively, future matchups, Philadelphia Cowboys versus San Fran, McCarthy, Callen. I mean, there was a lot in there. It makes me wonder if Brian and Lombardi talked yesterday because Brian was saying during the podcast all day yesterday, he's like, Dallas has got to play in front. He's like, if Dallas doesn't play in front, they're screwed. He's like, that's a different game if Dallas gets up on Buffalo. I wrote that down. Michael Lombardi said the Cowboys are not soft. They're situational. That was really interesting. I hate that, though, because it's like, okay, if you don't get up on these good teams, you're done. Uh, But he might be right. He also said offensive lines don't travel on the road or bad lines don't travel. Which Uh, makes sense also a lot of the times, too, because of... Well, but we always say the run game travels. That's an old football mantra. But offensive line in general with... uh, Because, again, that was one of the things that... Brian's theory of why they're, they're not as good at home versus on the road, he thinks that one of the ideas he's come up with recently is... I don't know he's like the cadence and and the snap timing and the rhythm and everything is just more difficult to do on the road. That here we go stuff and and the way that Dak gets the offense into it, it's just harder for everybody to be on point with their communication with the noise on the road. Pepe has been spying on Filthy at eight o'clock. Now, last week you were right in your forecast that it was good. What about this one? How you feeling? I to top it, I n- I'm not sure, but I think that they've gone a different direction. It's not just so blaming the, the head coach, Nick Sirianni. They're taking shots at the quarterback now. And Ooh. they might have even mentioned uh, the, running back. the old C word in Philly. Oh. Carson. Now, look, you're t- you should have just left that as the tease. <laughs> that was an excellent tease. That's Dang why it, I tried I said to, too much. I tried to cut you off. Don't tell us what the C word is. Just say the C word. Okay. And it's like, oh, my gosh, what's the C word? We listen at 8 o'clock. And you give it away. Let's ask Reddit. Do you have a question, Kelly? Yeah, I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? Truckwreck.com fan text 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. This is Ask Reddit. It's where we take some of the most viral questions from the 45 million user forum that they've kicked around this week. And we kick them around here in the studio and with you on the truckwreck.com fan text and on the Twitch and on the YouTube. First question here, Sean. This is tailor made for you. What's something pretty much everyone thinks, but nobody dares say it? Ooh. What is something that everyone thinks, but they don't dare say? I don't know. I I used to think like politics, but I think people say politics. it. People say it a lot. What, what is a popular answer that Reddit two, gave? Uh, well, here's what 214. That person was a POS. Why is everyone saying nice things about them? Because they're dead now. That's true. The never speak ill of the dead. There is a, a little mm. bit of a thought of like, why are you well, revising? Think, well, there's a little in the moment decency that should take place, I think. You know what I mean? Like, let's give it a day. 817, I hope no one notices that I have no idea what I'm doing. That's okay. one that everybody thinks. Nobody says out loud. Uh, this person here, here, stinks. If someone smells Ooh, a bad oh, breath, that was a good one. Excellent. Here, here's my 2023 recap. Uh, people are so fake, and that that's been part of like my second half of the year resolution. Like I'm just calling all of it out. I don't care whether it's family, 
I don't care whether it's friends. I don't care whether it's you guys. People are so fake and phony and fraudulent and nobody says it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm getting too old and achy. I'm not putting on no act anymore. I'm calling people on all their stuff. And my, my wife, I'll go home. She's like, man, you are, you're just, I really am thanking, I really am thanking Basic for it. Like KMC is so dominant in their ratings with, with getting 10s and 11s. And I'm like, what are they doing? Because Mike will go on these tirades and tangents and insult and just, and I'm like, you know what? Sharif, just cut it loose. Just, just Zach Wilson, cut it loose, baby, very, and let it fly. And we're two and thirteen. No, I'm kidding. We're, we're doing, we're, we're doing very, very well. Not KMC and G Bag dominance, but I'm like, I'm calling everyone on their fakeness, and I'm not holding back. And if you want to give it back, I don't care whether it's a listener, a hater, a family member. People are fake. Man, there is a, a, a the most common answer we're seeing on the fan text right now is your baby's ugly. That, oh. that you will not tell somebody that their baby's ugly even when they are. True. That one, that one's That's not happening. That's decency. You shouldn't say 214. Uh, Although what, I what? would like to believe my daughter, I tell my wife, and I'm very, like my father, I got a superficial aspect from him. I'm like, God, I hope she's good looking. I think I'd rather her have, I think she, I'd rather her be good looking and have nine fingers and nine toes than the reverse of what everyone says. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm kidding around. I'm just joking around. You know how everyone yeah. says, as long as he get 10 and 10, I don't care. I'm like, nah, I think I'd rather like an attractive child that you'd be missing a missing one of them. Here, here we go. I'm that, kidding around. No, no, oh, Grandparents a- listening, both in-laws and mine. I'm, I'm relaxed. 214, what everyone thinks, but doesn't actually say that your wife's ass actually does look big in those pants. Ooh. Okay. Uh, that's a, that's yeah. and you should not say those things, in my opinion. No, no, these are not things you should say. It's just the the fact of that yeah. that they're thought of and they think. Peyton, you're a big movie buff. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, so many uh, who is an actor or an actress that it ensures you will not be watching that movie if you see they're in the cast? I've said this one before, and I got absolutely torched on the fan text. But I've never been a fan of Ryan Reynolds. I've never liked how he just Man, is I acting. Love his I know I, I never got the humor. I'm kind of like, with you a like, little bit. Like Deadpool, I was not a huge fan of. Six Underground wasn't. Green Lantern. Free Guy. Never saw it. Free Guy um, was so good. Yeah, so I just I never got the. I mean, the proposal was I guess all right for whenever I watched that long ago. But yeah, Ryan Reynolds was one that came to my mind. Sandra Bullock. When I see Sandra Bullock's in something, I have zero interest in watching it. I was going to say Keanu Reeves, and to me, I think they were in a movie together, The Lake House. They're the brother sister of this topic. So I like brother sister actors in my mind. Once upon a time, I would have said Keanu Reeves, but The Matrix is great, the original Matrix, and I do watch all the John Wick movies. Oh God, I've never seen it. There's they're really good, but Sandra Bullock is she sucks. No, she she did a great job. That the Michael Orr movie was really good. Run the damn ball or whatever. That was that was really good. You didn't like Blindside? No, I didn't. Especially because it was all fake in the end. It was all (laughs) fake and phony, and they were just taking advantage. But are you are you like dead inside like RJ with the with the sappy football movie? Like, did you like remember the Titans? Oh, I love remember the Titans. Okay, good. So I'm going to answer this just to pace, uh, based on, like, the genre of stuff. Like, my answer for this is, like, Tom Cruise. Just because... Now, except... 469, ex- Tom Cruise, unless it's Top Gun. Unless it's Top Gun! <laughs> you and 469. My, my wife was like, I want to go see Top Gun. And, I, and it, it came back on TV the other day, and I was like, man, this was this was really, really good. But normally, like, you know, I've never seen the Mission Impossibles. I don't care to see them. Uh, I, I think I may have seen the first one, but... That, the, that type of genre, like, I'm not going to watch Vin Diesel act. 361, nailed it. Amy Schumer. 
Man, Amy Schumer is, she is in a, a movie. Be- yeah, she's acted in several movies. She can be a beatdown. Uh, got a couple other names here. <laughs> 214 Paul Walker, 214 Brie Larson, uh, 214 Nick Cage. 214 says Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. I like both of them. I think they're funny. Oh, the the, the uh, Bridesmaids is a classic. Oh, yeah, that's a funny. That's an all-time classic. That, that movie's hilarious. Uh, 214 Jada Pinkett, 469 Bobby, you always have terrible takes. Agreed, I know it. 469 Nick Cage, except for Snake Eyes. Uh, next question here, we're doing Ask Reddit on Sean and RJ. 877 uh, 877-881-1053. Sean, what is something you can't believe modern technology still hasn't fixed? I have I have always had the perfect stock answer for this. Go ahead. The fact that like we can put a man on the moon in the 60s and everything else. Not allegedly. To, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, the fact that we put a man on the moon in the 60s, and yet I still can't get a vending machine to take a crinkled dollar. Like if it's not just uh, completely crystal. That is maddening to me. First down markers. I'll make it sports. Oh, yeah. First down markers, and stop showing me any other goal line angle if it's not straight down the line. I don't understand. The other night, they were showing uh, a touchdown the other day, and it was like on the angle. I said, where is the down the line end zone cam? And put a chip in the freaking football. Put a chip in the ball and stop with the chains. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid. You want the robo-umps too? Tennis has been so far ahead of this with their technology on the ball being in or out. So I'll make it a sports answer. Peyton? Mine's easy. It's with money. Banks. They take your money out just like that, but you want money back in your account? Three to four business days. Just just give me the money. Just give me the money. Same thing with, like, you know, refunds and all that. It's like, you know, just give me the money back. You have the money, just give it to me. Ryan, but you can take money out just like that. Ryan's nodding his head there in the back. Jerry Jones live at 830. It's a packed Tolo Tuesday edition. Glad you're joining us. This is the Expressway commercial free, and that was Ask Reddit. But you asked Peyton to spy on Filthy after last night, the audio gold. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.